This is the FBCG Live Podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled Spiritual Warfare, Part 7, The Sword of the Spirit. God's Spirit anoints us to use the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God that flows through your mouth and your heart. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I know it's been a, a few weeks before since we've been in our series at First Baptist. I've been doing a series on Ephesians chapter six, and we've been talking. We've been calling it spiritual warfare, and I'm going to resume this today because, in fact, this is spiritual warfare. It's a it's a warfare spiritually as well as a battle with with elements in the flesh. But I want to talk today from point. This is part seven of these series. I'm going to read Ephesians six verses 10 through 17, and then we're going to dive into uh, this seventh piece of armor that God tells us to wear. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me pause and just reaffirm the truth of what this scripture teaches, that we are not wrestling with human beings. Our battle, your battle, is not with another human being. It is a battle against these four entities that the scripture teaches us about. We are wrestling against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We have spent time already defining what, what each of those four principalities are and how they operate in our lives and how they come to discourage us and frustrate us and war against us and fight us. And so those are the four entities that we fight against. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That's Paul's admonishment to the church in Ephesus. And it's, it is his admonishment to us today to stand. After you've done everything you know to do, stand. Hold tight. Don't give in. Don't yield. Don't back down. Don't walk away. He says, stand. Having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. We spent time talking about what it means to put on the belt of truth. We've talked about the seven truths that we need to hold tight to and understand what they are. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. We spent time talking about the breastplate of righteousness and what that means. It talks about protecting the most vital parts of our, our, our body, our heart. As a matter of fact, we believe that that breastplate protects us. And we talked about what that means and how that applies. It applies both in our faith toward God and in our relationship with others. We don't allow the enemy to damage our faith and we don't allow the enemy to destroy our relationships with others. Verse 15, having, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We talked about what that means, that God has called us to be prepared to share the gospel. And oh my God, do we ever live in a time and a day where people need to hear the gospel? People are scared and afraid, terrified, horrified, and don't know what the future is going to hold. But those of us who have the gospel, 
of Jesus Christ that brings peace. That's what I love about this gospel. We have a, we have a settled peace in our hearts about our lives and what we're doing and what our future holds. We're not, we don't have anxiety. We're not frustrated. We're not afraid. We have the gospel that brings us peace. And then it says this, verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We talked about that shield of faith. And take the helmet of salvation. We have spent time talking about the helmet of our thought life, of controlling our thought life. God wants us to, to understand and control our thought life, your thought life, what you think, what, what ponders in your mind. That's the battlefield is our thought life. The enemy wins if he can get you thinking in the wrong way. But he says we have the helmet of salvation, that we are delivered, that we have the deliverance that God provides. And it says, and here's where we are, number seven, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's what I want to talk about today. The sword of the spirit. Number seven, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is an interesting piece of armor because it is not only a piece of armor that is defensive. It is also offensive. It not only defends us from the enemy, it helps us to gain ground and move forward. If you want to move forward, you got to have that sword of the spirit. In the Bible days, when a, a Roman soldier had a sword, it could be one of two things. It could be a large, cumbersome sword, or it could be something like a large knife, handheld. Those, either, which way, either way it is, it is both defensive and offensive. You can both move forward and you can also defend yourself. You can attack the enemy instead of just letting him attack you, but you can also defend yourself. Christians today desperately need to know how to use the sword of the spirit. We need to understand how God's spirit anoints us to use the sword of the spirit. And so I want to spend some time today talking about that and helping you to understand how to use that. And here's how we use the sword of the spirit. It is the word of God, which has to be in your mouth. It has to be able to flow from your heart. It has to be something that's a part of you, in, in, connected inside of you, that's, that's, that, in, that it embraces you and enthrones you and encourages you and empowers you. It's the word of God. It is the word of God. And that's what I love about the word of God is that it is powerful. When the word of God, when the sword of the scripture, when the sword of the spirit is mentioned, in the New Testament, it's connected to the words that come out of Jesus' mouth himself. He empowers us to be able to be more than, more than conquerors and more than victorious. When you talk about the word, of, the word of God, there are two Greek words that define the word of God. The first word is the word logos. That's the, the word that's the written word, it is an expression that God has that's written. You can see that word in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, that's the logos. And the word, the logos, was with God. And the word logos was God. It is the logos. It is the written, defined, declared word of God. The word became flesh, verse 14 says. John 1.14 says, and the word and the logos became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, 
the glory has of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When Jesus came to earth, it was the word becoming alive that we could see it. It became flesh and walked among us. And it showed us what God's presence and what God's power looks like when God gave us the word of God. We saw it through the life and the essence of Jesus Christ. It is the word of God. But that's not the only Greek word that defines logos. There's another Greek word, the rhema word of God. It is when God gives a specific word for your specific situation, for your definitive specific drama. It is an utterance from God. It is something that God says to you about your circumstances. It is when I read the word and all of a sudden, here's a passage that I've read a hundred times, but all of a sudden I see something in it that applies to my life that I've never seen before. You've never had life until you've had the word become a rhema word, till it becomes alive to you and your situation and your circumstance. That's a rhema word. It's when God speaks to you about your dilemma. Somebody says, well, I've never had that experience before. Well, you're never going to get it if you ain't in the word. You got to be reading it. It has to you have to believe it. You have to embrace it. You have to have faith that it is the word of God. You have to know that God has the capacity. I don't know how to explain this to you, but God has the capacity to speak to you in a fresh living way that applies to exactly what you are going through. Hallelujah. That word of God has, has spoken life to me. I've been in troubled times and depressed moments and frustrating circumstances. And while I'm reading the word, the, 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 the words leap off the pages. And I see something I haven't seen before and it speaks to me. And it speaks to my circumstances. It speaks to me almost as if it, as if it is specifically written just for me. But I know it's not just for me, but that's what's powerful about the word of God that separates the scriptures from any other book is that it's a living document. It's a living word that leaps off the pages and jumps into your heart, illuminates your mind and tells you, God, I, God is saying, I see your circumstances. I see what you're going through. And here's what my answer is. If you've never had a rain of words, if you've never had God speak to you like that, I would challenge and encourage you today to ask God to make his word fresh and alive to you today. When Jesus got tempted by the enemy on multiple occasions, particularly in Matthew chapter 4, the devil tried to tempt Jesus and Jesus answered and said to him, Matthew 4, 4, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When the devil spoke to Jesus and tried to get him to turn a piece of stone into bread, Jesus responded by saying, it is written. It was a rhema word. Here's what that word, here's what the word says to me about what you're saying right now. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the the mouth of God. You live by the word of God, that which comes from the mouth of God of him speaking. And that's what gives you life. That's what makes your life worth a living. That's what gives your life substance. That's what allows you to have the capacity and the ability to get up and face whatever you're going through because God gives you a living word. It comes out of his mouth and it is illuminated through his scripture. It's a fresh word, a living word from God. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 29 says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, according to what you've spoken, he said, Luke 2. Hebrews chapter 11, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, framed by God speaking. That's the rhema word. When you go back to how God created the word, he said it, he spoke it. Go back to Genesis and you see in Genesis, he spoke it and it came into existence. That's what I'm talking about. When God speaks, when he says it, it becomes alive and fresh in meaning. That's what a rhema word is. It is the sword that gives us power and might over the enemy. You see, when you listen to the voice of the enemy speak to you and, and fill your mind with the wrong thoughts and the wrong things and the wrong thinking, you give the devil's word life. And God is saying you don't listen to that word, listen to his word, because his word gives you victory, gives you answers, gives you deliverance, gives you a breakthrough. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was our example when he got tempted over and over again by the enemy, time after time and moment after moment when he got tempted, when the devil came and tempted him on multiple occasions, every time Jesus responded by saying, it is written, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. It is written, he said. It is written. The devil said various and sundry things to him to try to tempt him. Then Jesus said to him, it is written. And that's what God wants you to know today, that there's a rhema word to give you life and it is written. Hallelujah. That's a, great, that's a great word. That's a great message for you to get. That's the sword of the spirit. We, defight, we defend ourselves and we get aggressive and we take ground when we know that word and we can speak the Logos and believe the rhema. We speak what's written, but we believe the rhema that God has spoken to us about our circumstances and our situation. The devil, Jesus answered the devil's temptation with a, with a written word, a Logos word. And he withstood the repeated attempts of the enemy. And he took an offensive step by speaking aggressively. Now, my challenge to you today is to be careful, because guess what? The devil knows more scripture than all of us together. He knows the scriptures, but he doesn't believe them. And he will misquote the scriptures. He will tell you that the scripture and try to give a meaning to the scriptures that wasn't intended for the scripture to mean. And I want to tell you and challenge you today that it becomes critical and important for you to know the word and don't let the enemy misuse you. When, when, when the devil came and tempted Eve in the beginning, he misquoted the scriptures and got Eve to buy into it and got Eve to believe it and act on what he said. God didn't really mean you'll die, the devil said, Genesis chapter uh, 3. He didn't mean that you'll die, but yet when he did it, he, he found himself in a a moment and a situation. Uh, Eve found herself in a situation where she believed what the devil said. And when she believed what the devil said, it cost her and her husband their destiny. They didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. They got separated from the relationship that they had with the father. And the day when you and I sin, we get separated. Now we have a, a barrier. We have an essence of 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 diminishment to our walk with the Father when we sin. But I got great news for you. God is a God of another chance. He's a God that will give you another opportunity 
to repent. If you repent before him, if you have rejected his word and not listened to his word and not obeyed his word and not honored his word and not respected his word and not believed his word, you rejected it and listened to everything else. I got great news. God gives you space and a time to repent. That's what makes all the difference in the world. You can repent. God will give you an opportunity to turn around, turn your heart around, turn your life around. He'll give you an opportunity, amen, to put your faith in his word and believe what he said. I want to challenge you today to believe the word of God. As a matter of fact, the devil's always talking. When he says that you're ugly, what you need to say is what Psalm uh, 139 says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. When the devil says you're all by yourself and you're alone, you need to quote Matthew 28. When Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When the devil says that nobody loves you, I want you to quote John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loves you unconditionally. When the devil says that you're going to die, you're terminally ill, you need to say that when this tabernacle dissolves, I have another building, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I have another building not made by the hands of man. When the devil says you better steal to get something, you need to say, no, no, don't hold on to anything. Don't steal anything. Give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. Luke chapter six. God gives us opportunities to obey his word and honor his word and reverence his word and love his word. And so here's my challenge to you today. Here's my word of life for you today is we do spiritual warfare and we win with the sword of the spirit. Take it out. Pull out your sword. When the devil is quoting and tempting and trying to influence you to make the wrong choice and do the wrong thing, pull out your sword. Pull out your sword. Pull out your knife. And say, I'm not going to go down without a fight. Tell yourself, I'm going to quote the word of the living God. That word will give you victory, make you more than a conqueror, and make you a winner. Hallelujah. Quote that word. Believe that word. Stand on it. In the name of Jesus. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. When the devil is attempting to disrupt your life, pull out your sword and do not go down without a fight. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week. Oh,